people ask me about this. I get involved with this, and they said, well, you don't baptize babies because you're a Baptist? And I was like, oh, no. I don't baptize babies because why would I want to traumatize that kid? <laughs> I mean, ain't that child abuse if you hold a kid underwater? I don't know. And they asked me, well, why do you, why do you dedicate and why do you do these things? And, and, and we deal with it. Our leadership class, they asked me, do I ordain? And I said, no. And they said, well, the Bible says, I said, no, the Bible says God ordains. I hope to find an appoint. That's, that's the difference. Um, um, and and I, people ask me, you know, well, why do you do it the way you do? And so I decided to take a break in between 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, next week we'll pick up chapter 14 and explain to you quickly and briefly why do I do this. And I believe that it's found in the total context of one letter. And now everybody goes, oh my God, he's going to teach a whole book in one setting. <laughs> we are going to be here until she's driving. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I just want to touch on some things. And it's out of Second Timothy. Second Timothy is a book that I originally studied years ago. And I think it's a, a book on discipleship. And discipleship is what we do in dedication. Matt and Shannon have stepped forward as parents and have come forward as parents, and they have now said that I have a disciple. Built-in disciple. All right, one that uh, you don't have to make plans around. Um, and they have learned quickly that Gabrielle makes all the plans, and you just follow. And I, I want to pick it up in first or Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And I'm going to go through a lot of stuff, and I'm going to cover it quickly, so listen fast. If you get done before me, act like you're still listening. Okay, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. God has not given us a spirit of timidity. Why? I can be confident. Uh, I prayed just a few minutes ago that if I train up a child in the way of the Lord, the child will not sway from that path. That's a promise. Now listen, it's more than just saying sit down and have in your morning devotions. It is saying, listen, into the power and the authority of Scripture, thus saith God. You know, and I get people come to me and say, well, well, Absalom didn't follow David. Do you really think that David was a good, solid father teaching spiritual things? Really? I'm thinking not. You know, a little Bathsheba problem, a Uriah problem, and a few other odds and end problems. Okay, But if I train up that child, I can take a confidence because I know that it is with the power of God, the love of God, and the discipline of God. Okay, now Paul's telling Timothy, Paul is getting ready to have his head removed. He's in the Mamatine prison. Um, he doesn't know how long he has. This is his last, his last will and testament. And what he's doing in this text is he's taking young Timothy and saying, listen, I've invested in you. I've poured my life into you. He literally calls him in, his fir in the first letter, my true child of the faith. Paul said, you are my son. And now I'm done and you will carry on. 
That's what he's saying. You know what we call that? Dedication. Here's what I want you to do. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Okay, key thing here he's bringing out. What should be the emphasis of our lives? The word of God. And you'll see it in both letters. I entrust to you, entrust us to faithful men that they may teach. What? And he says, take this deposit, this treasure, and you guard it. And he says, you're going to have to guard it with the power of the Holy Spirit in 1 Timothy. You're going to have to guard this thing. Why? Because people will want to steal it. People will want to pervert it. People will want to corrupt it. And if you don't believe me, go to church today. And you will find people who are stealing the gospel, who are corrupting the gospel, and who are afraid and ashamed of the gospel and the testimony of the preacher. And he says, don't. Why? Because it is that gospel according to the power of God who has saved us. And called us a holy calling. I'm a little passionate about this. It's not according to our works. You have nothing. You bring nothing. But it is according to his own purpose. Do you understand, Matt and Shannon? She was given to you for his purpose. That's scary stuff. Because now you start scrambling around as a prayer thinking, what in the world was this purpose of this? <laughs> it wakes up every two hours. Mad. And the grace that is granted in us, Christ Jesus, from all eternity. When he, he says, you know what? You're going to have to have grace to deal with this. Okay. In this letter, he's telling Timothy, guess what? They're getting ready to kill me. That means they're probably not going to like you either. All right? And you're going to need grace to deal with this. All right? Same thing with Matt and Shannon. You will need grace to deal with this. You know what? There are people who are not going to like what you do. I can guarantee you that if you do not have a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline, and you preach the gospel that saved us and called us to his holy calling, and it's not by works that we have done, but it's by power of God, you will have enemies. I do not have to go look for a fight. It's really kind of funny. I don't have to go look for somebody to pick with. I don't have to debate theology. I preach the gospel. I preach it with the power that God has given me, at the grace that he's given me, and I will offend people. And I guarantee you, you raise that child up in the power and the admonishment of God, the creator, sustainer of the universe, you will offend people. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And it has been revealed to us by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus and his abolished death and bought life, brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. For this reason, I suffer these things. Now, how would you like to get a letter from a guy who's in prison getting ready to have his head removed and it's telling you you need to go do that? <laughs> Return to sender. <laughs> how do you get my address let me show you something verse 13 Matt Shannon you know I hate to preach specifically to a person but I understand that I need to today but I guarantee you that when I give you the word of God you're all going to get it what does it say retain you know what that means build a wall around it so it won't fall down what 
standard of sound word, hygienic words, sound doctrine, clean words, which you have heard from me and in the faith and love which you have, which are in Christ Jesus. Then he says what? Guard it. Guard it. How many people take the book and guard it? Hold it dear. I don't want your other books. I don't want comments about other books. I don't need other books. I haven't mastered this one yet, nor has it mastered me. Therefore, I don't need your minutia. And he says, you retain this. You build a wall so this stuff don't come down. And then you guard it. But you're going to get attacked on it and you're going to need the guarding power of the spirit of the living God. Matt and Shannon, you have got to guard that child and you will do it with the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God. That's the only way it's going to do. That's it. That's it. Guard through the spirit who dwells in us this treasure which has been entrusted to you. Do you understand Castle Rock Baptist Church, what has been given to you? Do you understand the treasure of the word of God? You know, I get people and they come, they say, in the Sunday school class, you don't have no books or things that we can work in all week. Read the big book. Well, you don't have any curriculum. I haven't gotten through this one yet. And then I'll go get some curriculum. You know, people ask me, well, how can I teach in your church? Read your Bible. Why? I don't have to have somebody tell me what it says. I have the author indwelling me and he's given it to me and he says your responsibility is to guard it and then entrust it to faithful men as they come along. It's really an interesting concept and when you think about it, it's called discipleship. We like to call it mentoring. I call it discipleship. That's a passion. That's uh, the fire is in my bones. Chapter 2 says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It ain't your methods. It ain't your education. It isn't your, you know, I have learned to parse Greek prepositions. Uh, Yeah, but I like the dangling preposition. I don't know what it is, but it sounds so cool. It just hangs out there. Okay. And I see people who do that. Well, you know, I have gone through and did an exegetical study of the whole book of Revelations. Cool. I just read it. I don't understand that stuff. Why? Because he says, if you're going to stand, you're going to stand one way, one way only. And that is in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust these to faithful men who are able to teach others also. That is the dedication. That is what we are called to. Now listen, I look at Matt and Shannon, and I have spent time with Matt years. I still haven't got him off the Michigan thing, but (laughs) Jesus is coming. And I have watched God take him, fold him, mold him, purify him, and grow him in ways that I cannot take credit for. Then I watched him bring Shannon. And the same thing happened. And I just sit there and go, wow, this is totally cool. I don't even remember praying for her. <laughs> I remember praying when he told me, I'm never going to get married. Lord, when he eats those words, make it chewable. 
But that was the only, only prayer that I actually had. So now God has graced your walks. He has graced your studies. He has graced your prayer times with a built-in disciple. And don't think that it isn't already beginning. It has already begun. You will pray with a fervency. And, it, and I'll tell you, as a, as a father, you pray more for the daughter. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just sort of, oh, I think I could end up in prison if this goes south. <laughs> Somebody hurt my little girl. Bye-bye. Just introducing you to my boss. <laughs> I know it was wrong. David did it. <laughs> I don't work either. Then he gives you some verses here that I want you to think about because I think we missed this in Christianity. I did. When I first got saved, I thought, hey, I'm saved now. I'm on a bed of roses. I'm a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, creator, sustainer of the universe. Everything's going to go great. And he says, no, nah, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier. What? No soldier in active service, service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. What? Being a, a military child? I understand that. I seen that and I said, oh, that's, make a note. <laughs> Unless they draft you, run. Anyone who competes as an athlete, well, hey, wait a minute. Athlete? I thought it was a bed of roses. I just sat around. I'm, a, I'm royalty. I'm an heir. I mean, have you seen, uh, what's those kids? In England, Philip and William or whatever, William and Perry, or I don't know who they are. Okay, I'm sitting there going, and they keep saying how rough they've got it. A bunch of people want to take your picture, tough. I mean, you can go and do whatever you want, and everybody waits on you, and you don't even have to drive a car. And if you want to drive a car, you can drive any car you want. What? It's so trying to be royalty. Well, let me try. <laughs> I'll just wear sunglasses. You want to take my picture? No, man. A child of the king of kings is a soldier. He doesn't entangle himself in the things of everyday life. He's more worried about pleasing the one who has enlisted him as a soldier. Who drafted you? Jesus Christ did. Now you're going to compete. And now I have to run according to the rules. And then he makes the statement on a hardworking farmer. I come from an agricultural family, and I know what hardworking farmers are. That's nasty stuff. And then when you do it right, if God don't make it rain, it don't work. And you're, well, here, we'll just plow it under and do it again. Well, that's a pleasant thought. But the flow of that whole text comes out of standing the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Consider what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. 8, 9, 10, he says, understand, Christ, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffered hardship, even imprisonment as a criminal, but the word of God is not in prison. For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain salvation through Christ Jesus, and with it, eternal glory. Do you understand that that's a summary right there of what we are here for? Why are you going to give Gabby scripture? 
Why are you going to train her in the ways of God and the trainer in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ risen from the dead? Why? For the sake of those who are chosen who have not yet heard. Do you understand that? Do you understand who he's talking to here? Listen, anybody who hangs the title on this text, a pastoral epistle, I have not found that in this text. Haven't found it. Okay? That text right there is written to anyone who says, I am a Christian. You will suffer hardship. You are a soldier. You have been given a mission. You have been given a tool. You have but one tool. You have but one mission. And anything else outside of that, you have just entangled yourself in what? A waste of time. A waste of time. You will get a lot of information and counsel on how to raise children. But I will tell you this. The only person who knows how to raise that child is the one who created it. Okay? That child was knit in the womb by the Lord God that you serve. Period. Period. This is a trustworthy saying, verse 11 says. If, he, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Look what he says at the end of verse 12. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Remember what I said? We do not have a spirit of timidity. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. I like that phrase right there because you know what that makes me? Part of him. And I like the fact that he can't deny him. I mean, there's times he probably shakes his head. Verse 20, and I'm going to close with this. I want you to understand this because this is the warning. In a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but there are vessels of wood and earthenware, some to honor, some to dishonor. Got that? You know what he's talking about right there. In this large house, the kingdom of God, there are gold and silver vessels and there are vessels of wood and earthenware. Now listen, all four of those have a purpose and a use. They can be used to contain things, correct? But some are to honor and some are to dishonor. Where at? In the Lord's house. Anyone who cleanses himself from these things, that's all that you see from 14 to 19, is a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Okay? Avoid wordly empty chatter. It leads to God, ungodliness. Do you hear me what I, he just said there? Worldly and godly chatter. I read some of this. You know, people ask me about different texts. Okay. We have a, I love my word, 
plethora of quote-unquote Christian writing out there today. I mean, we have industries that have grown up now in publishing. Okay? People ask me, do you read any? Yeah, some. Why? Well, how do you choose who to read? Well, if they weren't born in the 1900s, they're probably safe. <laughs> no, just kidding. Okay, it's really easy. The easiest way to check a book, whether it's any good or not, is go to the back and see what the scripture reference is. If there's no scripture reference, it's man's opinion. I close it and set it back. Maybe a good book, but you know what? I really don't have time. Okay, I just go to the back. I mean, if I open it up and it's got a half a page of scriptural references and it's a 600 page book, I doubt if I'm going to read it. Just go to the back. Why? In the house, there's noble and ignoble vessels. Vessels of honor and vessels of shame in the same house. And there is too much worldly and empty chattering going on. And Matt and, and, and Shannon and everybody here, you have no idea the volumes of empty chatter that is in the church right now. And you know what's amazing to me? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never. Well, let's go read this book. What? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. That's this. That is this. I don't need anything else. What did Paul use? Oh, that's right. He was writing this thing. <laughs> Never mind. What did Timothy use? The book. Listen, it's all there's ever been. It's all there's ever will be. And everybody's going to say, well, he, I don't know, what am I going to do with this book? Throw it away. I don't have any problem. I mean, don't not down the highway. That's littering. There is... You will be inundated with every thing that you could ever dream of on how to raise a child. And what I've learned is what works on that child has absolutely no effect on that child. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. But they're both my gene pool. But you know, there's one thing that has always worked on all of my children every single time. Thus saith the Lord. You gotta get a hold of that. And the only way I can say that said the Lord is open that book. Because you have been blessed with the greatest blessing that exists on mankind right now. Do you know what it is it is greater than the the inner relationship between a man and a woman? It is to have a disciple that God says, You are now trustworthy to touch this soul. Now, touch the soul. Touch the soul. And listen, there's only one thing I know that touches the soul. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, that's why I like to bring the parents forward with the child and say, you are now responsible for this. And if you were lackadaisical in the past, perhaps the Holy Spirit will get a hold of you and say, 
don't be anymore. Okay? Thus saith the Lord. Father, I give it to you. Your word goes forth, does not fall on deaf ears, does not fall on unfertile ground. It accomplishes, Lord, exactly what you sent it out for. I still stand in awe of that this day. I don't understand that. But Lord, even as you use Balaam's donkey, you use us. Father, we commit it to you. Father, I lift Matt and Shannon yet again to you and little Gabrielle. Father, may they be in the oneness that the triune God knows. May they walk in the glory of the King of kings and Lord of lords. And may they walk in the grace and the mercy and the power and the exaltation of you who redeemed all of us. Father, we who are called by your name, we who will have the privilege to walk for a time with this couple and their new child. Father, may we do it in the power of your spirit, the authority of your word, to the glory of our Savior, in Jesus Christ. Amen.